there, folks, and welcome to episode 73 of Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. Once again, Caleb is not here. You are hearing the lovely tones of the COVID kid on August 11, 2021. Still in my quarantine, about a week in now. Got, a, got about one more week to go. And uh, this is episode 73. Of course, follow me at I am Caleb B. Follow Eddie at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. Uh, show Twitter account is EC underscore hero. Instagram is EC hero cast. EC hero cast at gmail.com as well. Also check me out every Thursday morning on the grave consequences podcast, a part of the social suplex podcast network. Eddie, how are you doing on this lovely Wednesday afternoon, sir? Oh, I'm doing, you know, pretty great. Pretty great. This is, we're recording back to back days. So if you're listening to last week's already, you know, actually, by the time you listen to it, your COVID should be over. And, uh, yeah, so that's good. Something to think about. So future Caleb's problems uh, won't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it'll be interesting to see where I am on August 25th when this comes out. Uh, hopefully much better off. And uh, we will see. We'll see hopefully being able to go back to the theater. Because there's so many movies I've missed out on the chance to go see in the past. Well, what have you missed? Well, I mean, I got to see The Suicide Squad, but I was going to see it in theaters. Had to settle for seeing it on TV. I'm going to miss Free Guy. Um, I mean, I'm I'm still going to go see Free Guy just a week later, you know? But... Oh, my. um, Thunder here. What? Some big-time thunder. It sounded like a gong. Oh, no. That's no good, man. That's no good. But, uh, you know, Suicide Squad, Free Guy. I was going to see Jungle Cruise the day before I got tested, but I wasn't feeling that well. And I'm like, yeah, you know, better safe than sorry. I'm going to skip out on it, you know. So three movies I've uh, either had to delay or miss altogether. Yeah, I've, I saw Suicide Squad just trying to get caught up with movies coming back from the trip. So I had mm-hmm. to settle for that on HBO+. Plus. I didn't want to wait till this weekend to see it, so I did that. Saw Green Knight. It was atrocious. Uh, it's just a complete mess of a movie with no point. And then um, let's see, Jungle Cruise. I'll probably see and Free Guy. I'm gonna try and see this weekend too. Hmm, nice. Good for you, man. Good for yeah. you. <coughs> yeah, um, I'm glad to, you didn't throw in Green Knight in there. It was. I did not see Green Knight. No. <laughs> No, it sucked. It was... That's funny, because the trailer made it look so cool. I know. Well, here, I'll just... Here's a spoiler, and it's not really a spoiler, because it's like a a legend, like, a thousand years old, so... Mm -hmm. So in movies, I like to ask why someone's doing something, or what is their motivation for this, or something. So, like, it starts out, there's this, like, drunk dude, and... He's like friends with the king, and then the king's having a Christmas party, and the drunk guy's not a knight, but he's got all his knights there, and he's like, oh, I'm so happy to be here with all you guys, and all of a sudden, in comes the green knight, he's a big dude made of wood, and then he's like, he hands the queen a letter, and they're like, hey, if anyone can land a blow on me, in one year you have to come to my house, and I'll land the same blow to you. 
And at this point, I'm like, why? What what for? <laughs> Go away. We're trying to have a Christmas party. Get your ass out of here, you big wooden idiot. And <laughs> instead, the dude, he's like, I'll do it. And then the Green Knight kneels down, bends his head, and he chops his head off. And then the Green Knight picks up his head. He's like, ha one year, don't forget. It's like, but what if I don't go? What happens? It's like, nah, they don't really say. They give, like, <laughs> an alternate ending of, like, what would happen to him if he ran off, and which is weird. But, yeah, it's stupid. There's, like, a scene in the movie where he goes and there's just a bunch of story drops along the way. Like, oh, he gets robbed. What comes of that? Nothing. Oh, he goes into a house in the woods, and Carly Morgenthau's there, and is like, I'm missing a head. And he's like, no, you're not. It's right on your shoulders. And he's like, oh, it would look that way, but it really isn't. And then he has to go into a lake and pull out a skull. And it's like, okay, that's done. Now what? And it's like, oh, let's just move on. And then he goes into another castle, and he, um... Oh, what's a PG way of saying this? Um... He meets with a girl, and he, um, let's just say he arrives early to the show. Nice. <laughs> and uh, you get a nice you get a nice eyeful of that, which I was okay with not seeing, but the movie felt otherwise, so. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then he goes to the Green Knight, and then he finally learns his lesson, and the Green Knight's like, oh, okay, I'm going to chop your head off now. I'm like, okay, what was the point of any of this? Trash. So, don't see it. Okay. Even John thought it was mediocre, which is being incredibly generous. I will uh, probably watch it on Prime or whatever free, <laughs> whatever uh, free uh, streaming service it shows up on. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, one of those stories where it's like, yeah, if they told this a thousand years ago in front of a bunch of people who couldn't even read, yeah, they probably would be entertained by it. But this is 2021. And I need plot points and motivation in my movies. I'm sorry if that is uh, too much, but and yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's getting a lot of love on Twitter, which uh, I don't know. I think because all, but all of it is like, oh, it really makes you think, and all the set pieces are beautiful, and it's like, yeah, but the plot really sucks, and no one seems to be discussing that. The plot is a, a train wreck. So, but other than that, yes, the sets are beautiful. Sure. And the trailer was cool. It suckered me into it. So, yeah, Green Knight, two thumbs down. Nice. Yeah, I wish I had two more hands so I can give the, that movie four thumbs down. Uh, yeah. <coughs> folks, we are here to review A Tale of Revolution. We're here to review V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. And uh, let, me, let me ask you, what is your history with this movie, pal? Oh, my history with the movie, I definitely saw it in theater. Probably saw it once or twice since then, but it has been several, several years, so it was good to uh, to get back into it. There's a lot of stuff I forgot in the movie, which was, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, this was my second watch, but I will admit my first watch, I was, uh, I was half asleep at the time, so that wasn't a good idea. So there's a lot that I missed, so, you know, getting to be able to watch this, you know, properly you know with with sole focus on the movie it was really really good like i was amazed spoiler for your grade 
Yeah, yeah, it's pretty high. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Oh, my gosh, you're COVID. Yeah, I'm spreading it audibly once again. Um, let's dig up the old time capsule. This is March of 2006. And, Eddie, let me ask you, what were you doing at the time? Mm, good question. I was taking uh, natural science at college, got a B, and Algebra 103, got a D. So we're going to have to revisit that class next mm, quarter. I am, I am sorry to hear that. Uh, Look, March 2006, I would have been playing baseball, but I was also in public school. Oh. And um, <laughs> the... <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, my fifth grade teacher did not like me at all. <laughs> like... The amount of uh, vitriol she felt toward an 11-year-old um, was a bit much, in my opinion. Looking back, uh, you know, in retrospect, uh, but also, you know, I was still adjusting to being in the public school system because this was, again, this was my first year in there, and uh, the thing of, you know, not being able to talk freely like, that was still a new concept, and I would get in trouble for that that first year. It wasn't really a problem after that first year, so it tells me this was her, and it wasn't me, you know? Oh, I had a teacher that uh, I don't think liked me, but we'll get to that in the, when I'm in school in the summer of 2010, so maybe like yeah. Iron Man 2. But yeah. I'll put it this way, uh, that teacher was a real bitch, and she didn't have a job next at, at that school the next year, so... That's what I'm. Yeah, but yeah. That, this was the uh, this was the first of what will be a couple D's in algebra. So mm. me and algebra, we don't go together. We're like the Green Knight in a plot. We just no. there, there's nothing there. It's there's no. they don't they don't mix. <laughs> it's like oil and water. The Green your, Knight yeah, plot. Your I'm gonna, number I'm gonna one save that song. One. Your number one song in the U.S. In March 17, 2006. This song, definitely a one-hit wonder. And it is so bad that, like, I don't get why my dad loved it, but he loved it so much. And I would hear it every single day at least once. You're Beautiful by James Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> You're beautiful. Man. Oh, my God. It's terrible, right? Uh, it's a very generic nothing song. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not impressed. Hey, you're champions in wrestling at the time. Over on Raw, you had John Cena in his second reign as the WWE champion. This was months after Edge cashed in on him, and then he got the title back from Edge. On SmackDown, Batista is no longer your world heavyweight champion. Your world heavyweight champion at the time was Kurt Angle. This was a couple months after he won the Battle Royal, after he came from Raw, if you remember that. Nope. Okay. Um, in TNA Wrestling, the NWA world, World's Heavyweight Champion, the one, the only, should be multiple times over, Hall of Famer, six-time world champion Christian Cage. And, of course, in Ring of Honor, continuing his run of dominance, uh, Brian Danielson. Huh. Yeah. Two guys uh, might be in the news upcoming. 
I gotta say, um, 2006, I well, John was uh, like not real... watching much wrestling. I was gonna say, John Cena is in like the real zeitgeist, like not the weird like wrestling fan zeitgeist, but the real zeitgeist because he was in Suicide Squad. Yeah, and Fast Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was not watching much wrestling at this time. I'm even looking at Mania 22, and it's like, nope, never seen this show. <laughs> wow. Mania 22 was pretty good, dude. And it's, it seems like it's got some matches on there that I wouldn't mind seeing, but then it's got some that, uh, ooh, I don't know, Mickey James and Trish Stratus. I feel like I have seen that one, though. Maybe I have uh, seen it. Probably have, because Mickey mimed Oral. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> um, Undertaker and Mark Henry, I have no memory of. <laughs> the stunt brawls on that card of uh, Vince McMahon was really good, and um, oh yeah, uh, he, Edge and he, McFoley. He jumps off the ladder because okay, yeah, I've seen this show. <laughs> yeah, and Edge speared McFoley through the burning table. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I've seen this, but man, there is a. Uh, there's a lot of failed, a lot of failed guys in this show. Carlito, uh, Chris yeah. Masters, uh, Sheldon Benjamin never quite made it. The Playboy that pillow I, fight, I'm sure that was a, a a real treat. Classic, yeah. Um, enough about the outside world. Let's go back to this movie here. Your budget for this movie was 54 million dollars. Your box office was 132. Point five million, which gave this movie a profit of seventy-eight point five million dollars. See, I put it at fifty-two million, but whatever. It's uh, we're splitting hairs at that rate. Yeah, that's uh, eighty point five, whatever. So it puts it right between Blade and Batman and Robin. So twenty-fifth on the list with the uh, hundred eight point five million in twenty twenty-one dollars. That's really good. We're closing the gap. We are. We're inflating. Critically. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Keep inflating that dollar. Mm -hmm. Critically, this got a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, so general consensus was very good. That Fan rating. Seems low, though. Yeah. It, it really does. Fan rating, 90%. That's about accurate. But what would you say the critics was? 70? 78? 73? Uh, criti 73. Well, Green Knight is 88, so this is like critics just don't understand. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Critics just don't understand by Will Smith. And by the way, uh, this is a perfect, like, Oscar trash bait movie for Green Knight. 88% <laughs> critics. 50 for the fans. <laughs> Too bad it came out in the summer, huh? Yeah. Uh, 50. Even that's a little high. But that means half the people that left the movie did not like it. And, yeah. Uh, that, there was only one other person in the theater, and I'm pretty sure he would be on the other side of that 50. I don't know. Just a hunch. He looked like a guy that would like it. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what that means. He just wore glasses, so I thought, like, oh, yeah, he must be one of those intellectual film people but that's based <laughs> off of him having glasses oh my god so, little stereotypical but uh whatever. yeah how dare you get by over the way, it 
this will be topical when this podcast comes out. Are you going to see Candyman? Uh, possibly. Looks really scary. I'm deaf going to go see it. Oh, by the way, um, fun fact, you know, because people love to talk about how uh, multicultural these remakes are. Um, you know, very diverse, that sort of thing. There's more white people in the trailer for the remake than there are in the entire original film. You know, I watched the first one in like nine pieces on YouTube. Yeah, and there's like... Like many, many years ago. And there's legitimately what? Legitimately what? Like three white characters in the whole movie, right? I don't even remember. I remember when I walked into it when I was a kid... And it was right in the scene with the bees coming out of the guy's mouth. And I was like, oh, ah. my God. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, oh, was, man. It but was yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good horror film, dude. Yeah. It's good. I, don't, I, I might watch it. Can you say his name in the mirror five times? This... I'm a I'm a pussy, so no. Well, I, will, uh, I don't I have will... a mirror. Although there's a reflection on the microphone. But I can't see myself in it. Well, I'm not going to do that because I don't want Tony Todd to house invade me. Does it work if you use your cell phone camera? I don't know. Maybe they'll explore that in the remake. Should I try it now? No, not on the air. You're right. I don't know because I don't know how to edit. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it would never come out because I'd be dead. Yeah. And we just keep recording until the computer ran out of batteries. Oh, that'd be a shame. Yeah. It'd probably be the most downloaded episode, though, so that'd be something. If it got released, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, <laughs> let's jump into the cast. Yes, let's do that. Damn it, I knew I was forgetting something. Well. <laughs> so, okay, I can think of at least four people we need to talk about. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe five. I, I would say five. I would say five. Okay. Um, maybe just either way. Okay, I'm gonna start off with the one who like I was on the chopping block about Stephen Fry as Gordon Dietrich, the closeted gay talk show host, the person we suspect that Evie might you know be trying to have an affair with toward the beginning of the film. What did you think of Gordon Dietrich? Hmm, Gordon Dietrich. Well. I enjoyed the character. I like that he had his little stash of forbidden items. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a guy, this was a tiny issue with I had with the movie. For a guy who knows that the government has forbid all these items to just go on air and make a mockery of the entire government and to be like, yeah. ah, nothing will happen. Uh, what an idiot. So, I don't agree with what the government did, but, uh, you know, if it's like the dude in, uh, Cincinnati who, you know, ripped off the poster of North Korea, it's like, well, I don't agree with that he should go to prison camp for ripping up a poster. That's ridiculous. But if I was in North Korea, I would, uh, know better. Wait, there was a guy in Cincinnati that ripped up a poster of North Korea? Yeah, this was uh, many years ago. Well, not that. I think Trump was still president. So he was. He lived in Cincinnati. He tore a poster off of a hotel of Kim Jong-un and was sent to a prison camp. 
and was not doing well. And Trump had him sent back home where he died like a couple weeks later. And his last name was Warm Beer, which, you know, everybody made a joke of. But, yeah, he's from Cincinnati and uh, he's wait, dead. So but why was he? Wait, he was on American soil when he ripped up this poster. No, he was oh, in their mind. country. He was just vacationing there, as one does. That's... uh, Why would... Wait. I'm confused. You're not Dennis Rodman. Why would you vacation to North Korea? (laughs) Uh, I I don't know. Just a general curiosity of it. I mean, it would be interesting to go. I would not, just because they make you bow to a statue of a mass murderer, and I have a big problem with that. Yeah. So I couldn't bring myself to do that. idolatry to begin with you know or deifying you know a false idol and i would say someone like uh kim jong-un classifies as a false idol so i don't know or um maybe adam sutler yeah yeah adam sutler what a guy what a guy i noticed everybody had adam sutler photos in their house much like you have to have the kim photos in your house in north korea that was a nice yeah, touch. John Hurt as the the High Chancellor Adam Sutler uh, played a played a played a pretty good fascist leader for sure. Very angry, very um, authoritarian, uh, authoritative, very insecure as well. <laughs> like you know, and we'll talk about it when the plot comes up. But you know, when V blows up that bastardized version of, of the uh, Statue of Liberty. Um, the old Bailey. <laughs> yes, the old Bailey. Um, Tchaikovsky's eighteen twelve overture plays as that's going off, and you know Chancellor Sutler says, "I don't want to hear that song ever again." Like that's how like <laughs> Add anything it to the blacklist. That, anything that threatens you know his his stranglehold on the people of this dystopian version of Britain is just it's not welcome. Well, and it's funny because, like, this is what these kind of dictators do. So mm-hmm. uh, yep. I, I thought he, he played it really, really well. And I love that he just appeared on this giant screen, like the uh, the big brother from the Apple commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, that's another thing. This was clearly inspired by George Orwell. Oh, yeah. By the way, guys, if you haven't, you know, buy yourself hard copies of Animal Farm and 1984. Buy the hard copies while you still can. Oh, you just think saying. there's going to be a book burning? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just, I'm just saying, buy the hard copies while you still can. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. But yeah, John Hurt, very good job. Very good job. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Stephen Ray as Finch, the chief inspector of New Scotland Yard and minister of investigations. Um, his crisis of conscience throughout the conscience throughout the movie was a very very interesting story to tell, and um, I thought he did a good job with what he was given. Yeah, he had uh, some really interesting character development where he was <laughs> one of the heads in the room. And then he later uh, figures out, you know, his whole life's been a lie, basically. Yeah. So, interesting. You know, you've been doing this work for, um, 
for a fascist government. And, you know, you don't necessarily know any better until, you know, you're in your early 40s. You find out like, oh, my God. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Next up, the female lead. No, the lead of the movie. Um, Natalie Portman as Evie. She was an employee of the British uh, television network. Definitely not a parody or a caricature of Fox News whatsoever. Oh, the BTN. I thought it was Big Ten Network, so I was confused. <laughs> yeah, you were like, where, where, where are the Buckeyes at? Come on. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know if I necessarily got Fox. Well, I guess. I, I more or less got just government TV vibes from it. Yeah, no, uh, like, uh, like Fox News under the Bush administration or like... Uh, maybe CNN now. <clears throat> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Not the pro stuff, but. Oh, I got something to say at the end of the movie about both parties because they're both mm-hmm. uh, under the microscope in this particular movie. But yeah, um, yeah Natalie Portman was great in this. Uh, start off is just like, you know, this whatever uh, intern, not an intern, but just a low-level employee, and then. Uh, ends up having a uh, redemption where she, um, you know, fall. I want to say falls out of. Well, yeah, kind of falls out of her uh, mission with V, and then gets back into it, and then is responsible for toppling the government. So good for her. Yeah, yeah, good for her to uh, undergo quite a character transformation in just a little over two hours by the way and that's another thing this movie did not um this movie did not overstay its welcome no and um what was i gonna say about her it was one other thing and i can't remember but um it might come to me no well you know, let's round it oh, up. Oh, yeah, she uh, she had, I remember this was a big deal back in the day where, that she shaved her head for the movie. Yeah. So, way to commit. Mm-hmm, for sure. For sure. So, next up, the uh, the main event here in this case. And, you know, we're not trying to disrespect Natalie Portman. She did very good in the job, you know, she was given. Um, but the, the anarchist, the terrorist... The the demagogue, the revolutionary, whatever you whatever you see him as, the man in the Guy Fox mask, which has been adopted by those losers, anonymous. Yeah. Um, Hugo Weaving as V. We know him as V because that's what he knows himself as. Because as we see in the plot, his character has amnesia, which you know. But hey, Hugo Weaving making his hero cast debut. He will show up later a couple of times, actually, as will Natalie Portman. Um, bro, Hugo Weaving was great here. He really was. Right down to, like, even when he introduced himself to uh, Evie, and he decides, like, I'm going to give her, like, two minutes of alliteration. I'm just going to use as many V words as I can. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that we never even got to see him with his mask off. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't matter who he was, he was just, no. uh, you know, he was everyone. So he just 
unlike everyone, had uh, really cool skills with a knife. So mm-hmm. he could do that, which yeah. other people could not. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, he spoke well. He was a different sort of hero than we've seen where he does violence all the time, but he's also really sophisticated and uh, loves art and music and um, just personal freedoms. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's definitely a uh, revolutionary for sure. And that's the thing. Um, It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what he looks like under the mask because what matters more than his life or his death is his vision, his idea. And I like the not knowing. It's like, uh, because the whole movie you're thinking like, oh, they're going to take it off at the end and they never do. Uh It's kind of like Halloween, except the one they did take it off and it sucked. But the new Halloween where they won't. Exactly. It's like the, the original Halloween movie where like, we don't know why Michael Myers does what he does. He doesn't talk. He just does things. Yeah. Well, and he's a jerk. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there just aren't answers in life, you know? Correct. Yeah. But hey, you know, we've droned on. And I think we can get into the plot now. Mm-hmm. So, 1850. <coughs> California is not a state yet, but... The- ah, sir! We did that yesterday. <laughs> no, we get a flashback of not 1850, but probably even earlier, some 400 years ago. I don't know why I wrote 400, but it just seemed like a good number. There's a man named Guy Fox who tried to blow up the Capitol but was caught and hanged. Mm-hmm. And we learn, according to the talking head on the news, that America <laughs> is in shambles. And... Oh, uh, Prothero and yeah. his... Uh... Is sick burn on us when he referred to us as the ulcered sphincter of ass Erica. Yeah. Yeah. Sick you know, burn. This Delta variant apparently was uh, a lot worse than we thought. No, it was uh, actually a second civil war, but you know. Well, like I said, uh, yeah, well, that, that would just be waged on Twitter. So it, I don't, yeah. this is not realistic to me. <laughs> so, well, yeah. America's in shambles, but according to him, it's godlessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Evie's out on the streets, but it's past curfew. Which, uh... <laughs> it's funny, there's, uh... This movie's just like fine wine. It just gets more topical as, uh... Because yes. we had a curfew last year, and, uh... Look... I get you're trying different things to flatten the curve. That was one of the stupidest. <laughs> like, yeah. these bars have got to close at 10. Why? Well, at 11, yeah. they'll be. <laughs> like it, That's it the thing. COVID, COVID goes wild after 10 o'clock. That's what I'm told. But, like, noon to 10, it you know, it, it sleeps. It's nocturnal. There we go. Yeah, and I get it. It's like, well, we're just trying to limit the hours people are talking with one another. It's like, I get it, but that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that's a stupid plan. So, anyway, uh, she's confronted by the police who were called Fingerman. Fingerman, which, yeah. uh, that's pretty sexy, huh? Yeah, it's kind of hot. <laughs> so, the Fingerman, uh, they try to arest her, but also... Oh, by the, ra- way, by the way, you know, they 
first they try to rape her. Oh yeah, I wrote that. They tried to fingerman her, and uh... <laughs> they, uh, they brought the streak back, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. And yeah. um, they're like, "Oh, you just assaulted a police officer." It's like, "Well, you did try to rape her." Also, you didn't identify yourself as a police officer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they uh, then our hero V shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he sweet talks her and uh, takes well, her. I, I'm gonna tell you what he says because I wrote down the entire quote. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> um. I'm just really going to go for the alliteration here, not doing the whole conversation. This is mostly just V here. Actually, this is all V. <clears throat> God yeah. help me. But on this most auspicious of nights, per- permit me then, in lieu of the more commonplace sobriquet, to suggest the character of this dramatiste persona. Voila. In view of a humble vaudevillain veteran, cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate, this visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the vox populi, now vacant, vanished. However, this valor is a visitation of a bygone vexation, stands vivified, and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta, held as a votif, not in vain, for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and virtuous. Verily, the vichosui of the verbi- of verbiage veers most verbose, so let me simply add that it's my very good honor to meet you, and you may call me V. Well done. Not so, but I did the best I could. Um, and she asks well, if he's a crazy person, and he's like, which well... Which is the natural reaction. <laughs> like, yeah. imagine if I introduced myself to you, and I used as much alliteration with the letter C as I possibly could. I would have just uh, walked away. I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, he so he takes her, he says it's going to be a concert, but it's <laughs> yes. actually a roof, and there's no music. Mm-hmm. But then the Not night... Yet. 1812 oh, also, overture place. Uh, Evie asks, uh, "Hey, you know what kind of um, instrument do you play with?" And I think he says percussion. Yeah. Which I mean, you're not wrong. Percussion. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So the 1812 overture starts playing on the speakers to the amazement of everyone in all the buildings. They didn't by the know way, that this was by going the way, on. I am so sorry to interrupt. This is going to be a three-hour review. Yes, there is. If there's any wrestler out there, use use some Tchaikovsky as an entrance theme. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, maybe. So we cut to the members of... Oh, wait. Uh, there was uh, bombs and fireworks of the old Bailey blew up. So there you go. Yeah. And we cut to members of the parliament talking to the big screen. That is Adam Sutler. The High Chancellor, who orders Creedy, the man in charge of the Fingermen, to ban the song and cover this up as an emergency demolition. Yeah. And they're also looking for the girl who was with the masked man, who they currently do not know who that is. Mm-hmm. So, Evie works at the news station, as we mentioned, and while at work, Finch, the chief inspector of the police, I guess, uh, they raid her apartment. 
figures out that she was the one with V, and suddenly V shows up at the news station strapped with dynamite. Yeah. And uh, V takes over the TV signal as Finch and his police look for Evie. Uh, v gets on the TV, tells all the people that they have sacrificed their freedom for security, and that he's the one who blew up the old Bailey. And the police finally get in to the like the the newsroom, but everyone inside is wearing a cape and a uh, Guy Fox mask, so the police don't know who to uh, shoot. They shoot one dude, but it's just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I guess V sacrificed him for the greater good. Kind of, <laughs> yes, for the kind, greater good. Yeah. So, whatever. Um, uh, v then kills all the police, and he escapes with Evie, who got knocked out. So he picks her up and carries her back to his hideout. Meanwhile, the news is reporting that the terrorist has been killed, and they show the video of them shooting just the rando. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. see, he's dead. And even Evie spots like, oh, yeah, she's lying. I can tell because she blinks all the time when she's lying. Yeah. And we later learn that a poll shows that only 20 percent believed he was dead. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This regime has lost the confidence of the people. Yeah. I think that was some similar with uh, North Korea when they did something stupid like, oh, Kim Jong-un discovered a flock of unicorns or something and the people were like no he didn't and yeah. that story backfired on oh him. yeah you remember earlier this year when kim jong-un was supposedly dead right Mm-hmm. and you know he's not now no he was with his like 500 women yeah yeah sorry go ahead now they've uh they haven't done well with COVID over there but you know no. they're just blaming it on us i'm sure yeah that's fine. Um, so yeah, Evie wakes up. She's in V's hideout. It's full of band art and music. And she wants to learn, or shoot, sorry, she wants to leave, but V tells her that that would be unwise. You'll be captured, tortured, and killed, and they'll just do that in the hopes of finding me. So, can't let you do that. Yeah. And, uh... Next, Evie does not uh, appreciate that, but she is calmed down the next day. She has breakfast with V, but sees that his hands are all burnt, and it's like, well, it was a fire a long time ago. It's not good breakfast conversation. Oh, man. <laughs> v burying the lead, by the way. Well, he's right. Yeah, not... no, yeah, it's not really a good breakfast conversation, but at the same time, it's like, this was a formative experience for you, man. Like... Well, he then tells her, her his big plan is to blow up Parliament, and it's mostly just symbolic. So yeah, it's because you know, you know, maybe at the end of the day, it's like, oh, it's one building, but it's more the symbol that it represents. I know I basically just said what you just said, but yeah. still, well, I mean, it's I look at it as like nine eleven, mm-hmm. where it's like the other, like the. The other building, or the other uh, plane that crashed, was they think was heading to the White House, yeah. which would have been... Uh, White House Pentagon. Well, the Pentagon one hit, but it didn't do a whole lot of damage, just because it's a, it's not a skyscraper, it's a ground-level building. But, yeah, yeah they, the other one in the, crashed in, like, the forest in Pennsylvania, they think yeah. was headed to the White House, which, you know, that they probably would have evacuated it, so you would have had... A, minimal casualties 
but it's just the symbol of knocking the White House down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they didn't. No. So that's good. They failed. They were losers. And now they're dead. Hmm? So the newsman, um, he's Prophet. watching himself on the news, and I loved his uh, thing at the end where he's ranting about the terrorists, and then he's just like, the good guys win, the bad guys lose, and as always, England prevails. <laughs> Great stuff. But yeah. he is paid a visit by V, who kills him. Yeah. Because they do some research on him, Finch does, and we learn that he was once a general in some sort of concentration camp. We don't really get a whole lot more on that. Not yet. Not yet, yes. Uh, v then tells Evie that, yeah, I killed him, and I'll be killing more people. Yeah, he was very um, very honest, very you know, forthright. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is admir- admirable to an extent, but at the same time, it's like, does he not realize that this is inherently kind of wrong what he's doing? You know, even, you know, if because do the ends justify the means is the is the question that's being asked basically by Evie here. Well, in V's opinion, they do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Although a lot of these are more just revenge killings from yes. V. I mean, uh, the you know newsman. Yeah, he 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 was a peddler of propaganda. So him dying, not so bad. But there's other people that died that it's like, eh. I mean, they were bad people, but, like, their deaths didn't lead to a revolution. It was just your vengeance. Yeah. But yeah, there's one we'll in get particular to them. that really upsets me, but, but yes. So, yes. Um, Finch then investigates the... the uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Finch. Old job. I mentioned that. Then he goes to the camp for more information, but it's all classified or deleted... Uh, sorry, he didn't physically go to the camp, but uh, he just looked for more information on this camp, but it's all deleted information. Mm-hmm. So Evie then tells V about her past and how her parents were freedom fighters and they're both taken by the police and never seen again and offers to help V. The mom specifically was uh, taken in the bedroom and uh, put a bag over her head and vanished. No good. No. Finch learns about another individual at this camp who is a bishop now. Boy, (laughs) this bishop. Cut to the bishop who is told a new girl showed up, and she might be too old. Oh. And we learn, it's very heavily, heavily, heavily implied that the bishop uh, diddles kids. Yeah. not, Not great. No, far from it. And the bishop goes in, and there's Evie dressed like a little girl. Mm-hmm. Very, hmm. She tells the bishop uh, that, and this was, uh, I thought this was at first uh, like a, some weird plan, but she actually feels bad for this guy, which is really bizarre, because he's a child molester. Yes. <laughs> but she tells him, hey, V is on the way to kill you. And he's like, ooh, I've never played this game before. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, V comes in and kills him. <laughs> yeah. And then Evie runs off to Gordon's house, who's a co-worker. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And v, took, she... uh, v, took, v took the selling out pretty well. He did. I was just kind of surprised that she did that. I wasn't... I guess she was more bothered by the, uh, yes, I'm going to kill more people 
line than yeah. we let on. But also, mm-hmm. like, this is a child molester. I mean... Yeah. I don't we can know. stand to lose. Not yeah. a big deal. I don't know if death is the uh, appropriate punishment, but it's it's close to the appropriate punishment. I don't know. But she didn't want to kill anyone, I guess. Even no matter how bad they might be. So Gordon shows her a private room of banned art and literature with the Quran and uh, a goofy photo of the chancellor. Meanwhile, Finch is having the lady who does the autopsies look at a rose, uh, V, the rose that V leaves at his murders. And they also see all but one staff member of the camp is dead, and the person is the autopsy doctor, Dr. Diana Stanton, who changed her name to... Doesn't matter, she'll be dead soon. But, uh, yes, Diana, who we just saw, is the last victim. She wakes up in her room, and um, she's like, are you going to kill me now? He's like, I already did ten minutes ago, and just pulls out a syringe. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. She's like, will it be painful? He's like, no. Well, thank you. So, yeah. so she's dead. Even though her intentions were good, yeah, she is dead. Yeah, but she still worked there. So. Yep. He uh, this, like I said, this is part of the uh, the vengeance portion. We're killing the bishop, although it's good for the future children of Britain to not be raped by him. Uh, doesn't do anything towards the revolution, and killing the doctor does nothing. And it seemed like she was a a changed woman. But, you know, got to do what you got to do, I guess. So Finch then meets with Sutler, and he has Diana's journal, and Sutler demands it be destroyed, never spoken of again. Don't want to hear about this camp. Well, of course, Finch reads the journal, and it describes the concentration camp and how it burned down because of a man in room 5, or Roman numeral V. (laughs) Finch then does tons of research overnight, and this co-worker comes in, and he's like, yeah, the uh, horrible chemical attack that killed 80,000 people. You remember that? Yeah, it turns out it was our government that did it and not environmental extremists. So, kind of makes you rethink uh, your whole life when you learn something like that. Now, we cut to Evie and Gordon watching Gordon's show. This is Gordon the Idiot. And he's making a complete parody of Adam Sutler. People think it's hilarious, but Adam does not. He smashes a glass in his hand. By the way, I did love the inclusion of the Benny Hill theme. Oh, yeah. Well, it's England, so, you know, we have to. Of course, yes. And Evie's worried they'll come after him, but Gordon's like, nah, I'm fine. They'll they'll make me apologize and, you know, go to sensitivity (coughs) training and appear to charity. But meanwhile, my ratings will go through the roof. Well, cut to that night. Gordon is killed. To the (laughs) moon. Yeah, yeah, he's he's dead within the within the uh, evening. Yeah, but it was the same way that Evie's mom was taken out. The they both came into Evie's room and was like, "Evie, hide!" And then she goes under the bed, and they put a bag over their head, and they're just gone forever. But Evie escapes, whereas as a kid she did not. Uh, Evie escapes, but she is caught by a fingerman as right on the outside of the property. Almost made it, but she doesn't. And they interrogate her. They ask about V. They say 
you tell us where he is, you'll be allowed to live and just leave and do a normal life, and we'll forget all about this. Then they shave her head, they lock her up, and torture her, and Evie finds a note in a cell. It's from a woman who was locked oh up. Oh, God. Yeah. This is... story, dude. Did it get you? A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Well, she was locked up. She wrote her whole life story. Uh, essentially, she was gay, which is very, very frowned upon in this new version of England. Um, and throughout all of this, uh, and by the way, she was killed because she was gay. Yep. So um, throughout all this, Evie doesn't tell the police anything. So they give her one last chance. They say, okay, we're going to take you behind the chemical shed and just shoot you. Or you could just tell us, just just tell us, what is it? It's not a big deal. And she's like, nope. Just take me out there. They're like, okay, you'll be uh, you'll be killed now. And then he's like, no, sorry. He says you'll be killed, and she says yes. Take me to the chemical shed then. And he's like, all right, well, you have no fear now. You're free to go. And he walks away. And Evie's like, the hell. <laughs> and then she walks and sees like one of the guards at the end of the row or the end of the hallway is just a dummy. Yep. (laughs) And then she opens the door and it's V's house. (laughs) Yeah. So she is not happy. She is rightly pissed. (laughs) Yep. She did not enjoy being tortured and uh, imprisoned as most. For God knows how long, by the way. Yeah. Most people aren't fans of that. Because this, this is very close to the 4th of November, which uh, is, you know, about a year to the day that she met V, so it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, women don't like to be tortured. Just no. to advice single guys. They don't appreciate that. Yeah. Really, guys so I, don't like that either. Nobody, yeah. nobody really does, I guess. No. Unless you're into that sort of thing, but probably not this kind of torture. No, this was more psychological. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's like, oh, I hate you. How could you do this? And he's like, well, I didn't want to, but it's hard to do it, but I had to be sure. And Evie's pretty mad, but he's like, hey, you need to strip away your fear in order to kind of turn her into the version of me so that you're Mm -hmm. able to do... What well, needs she, to had be done. Said, she had even said she wanted to be as fearless as him. Mm-hmm. Well, she was now. Yeah. And they had the, um, you know, the same um, rebirth, I guess, where he's doing it in the fire, and she goes out in the rain and does it. So, so she kind of comes around. She does agree to see him one more time. Mm-hmm. One more time before the fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at Parliament in the Big Brother room, Sutler demands his people, uh, demands that the people in the room remind the people why they need us. So we cut to a montage of minor disasters, 20 dead here, 15 dead yeah. there, terrorists arrested over here. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be working, because Finch no. then, uh, yeah, Finch meets with V, disguised as an old man, doesn't know it's <laughs> V. Yeah. And V tells Finch that Sutler became the High Chancellor because of an idea from Creedy, who is a guy in the room. I think I mentioned him once. Yeah. yeah. And they targeted the water treatment plant 
got tons of people sick, then sold the cure to the people. Uh, but in doing so, they managed to sell fear to the people, and Sutler won an overwhelming majority of the votes, And v, which uh, doesn't remind me of anything going on today, so I won't even no. mention it. No. <laughs> v then meets with Creedy. Sorry, he already met with Creedy. Um, no, he didn't. Uh, so yeah, he tells him all this. V then meets with Creedy to make a deal that he'll surrender in exchange for Sutler's life. And meanwhile, every single person in England is getting a Guy Fox mask in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a, a lot of postage. Uh, Sutler says, arrest anyone in the mask. Whew. Which uh, they do a little more than that. They go beyond that. They shoot people in masks. Little girl got, oh my god. Little girl gets shot. All the people in town see this and they're like, uh, no sir. That's yeah. not happening. Yeah, this was a, a full scale riot. They, they start to rage against the machine, yeah. Yeah, police shooting someone without cause. Again, doesn't remind me of anything going on today. Nope, me either. So, <laughs> this movie is just wildly outrageous, mm-hmm. these predictions. This would never happen. Yep, so all the chaos has erupted into riots of the people versus the military. It is now November 5th, and Evie goes to V's... Uh, one last time to dance to one of his songs because he wanted to always do that. And But V has a gift for her. It's a subway car full of bombs. Yes. <laughs> which everyone wants. Of course. And the tracks lead straight to the Parliament, but the gift is the train will only go to Parliament if Evie wants it to. She gets to choose because she'll be living in the New World, whereas he won't be because he's like, I'm going to be dead, so it should be up to yeah. you, not me. And yeah, she... he had ends of living past this November the fifth. Mm-hmm. Well, he wanted to get at Creedy, so yeah. He, the two people that really did matter in this revolution, he he has to get. So yep. she uh, she begs him not to go, kisses his mask lips, but he says, "I can't." So, um, okay. Uh, by the way, text. Well, in the group chat, send the quote that you plan on using because I have. If you if you're not using the one I think, then I'm going to bring it up later. I just wanted to mention that before I forget. Uh, anyway. I mean, I will be using the one most iconic with the film. Um, there's two. Whatever, dude. Well, just send the one you're using. Um, that's the one I was hoping. Um, so yes, then Adam Sutler goes on TV, gives a speech to an empty rooms of people because no one's at home, they're all out rioting. Uh, V meets with Creedy, who, uh, brings Sutler to him, and, uh, Creedy just shoots Sutler in the head at the end yeah. of him. Yeah, that's the end of the, uh, the great leader. Yeah, which is good, because he was, turns out he was just a coward in the end. Yeah, I mean, he he hid in a basement for a year. Yeah, he was uh, just big shot behind a screen, but when, when he was confronted, he's just a Twitter troll. Yep. <laughs> Creedy's men then fire on V, who is greatly hurt by the shots, but uh, then goes on a killing spree with his knives and kills all of Creedy's men. Then, just like he predicted, he strangles Creedy and kills him. Yes. But uh, he had a metal bulletproof vest on, but still took a lot of bullets to, you know, arms, legs, neck, maybe. 
So he's still bleeding a lot, and yeah. he will die from this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he but stumble- I mean, you know, ideas are bulletproof. That is true. <laughs> yeah. And he stumbles back to Evie, and V tells Evie that he loves her, then dies. And Evie loads him onto the train. Proper burial for him. He would he would appreciate that. Yeah. He would and, appreciate where his train is going. Mm-hmm. And Finch shows up. He's like, nope, can't let you do that. Meanwhile, all the people in England are walking with the masks on. The military stands down and lets them pass because they have no word from the government what to do because yeah. there is no more government. Yeah. And back in the subway, Evie gives like a speech to Finch and she pulls the lever and activates the train. Mm-hmm. She takes Finch to the roof. The 1812 overture plays as the train collides with Parliament, blows it up. Finch asks her, uh, who was he? And she says, well, he was my father, my mother, brother, you, me. He was all of us. Roll credits, the end. Masterpiece. Truly amazing. Real good, real good. It gets a 9 out of 10. Oh, going right into it, huh? Yes, sir. 9 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I can get on board with the 9 out of 10. It's, um... In all seriousness, it it is uh, like a fine wine in that it does get more topical and uh, with age. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned, or I mentioned this in our our group chat. It's like, you know, it's funny. As I said, I'm going to hammer both parties, so here we go. Uh, In my opinion, like the far right version, like as far right as you can go, you get fascism, which is essentially this. Mm-hmm. The farthest left version you can go, you probably get communism, which is not this, but kind of close. And it's yeah. like, I look, and it's funny, when this came out, like, everyone was going like, oh, this is just, reminds me of the Patriot Act so much. Oh, it's the Patriot Act. And it's like, I get that comparison. It doesn't remind me of it, but I get it. But mm-hmm. to me, this wasn't, I know, this is just what uh, government can do no matter who's in power when it gets way too crazy and to me it's like you've got aspects of both like you got the homosexuality outlawed which would be definitely far right you got no guns which would definitely be far left so to me it's both parties just gone amok and eventually if you got to the extremes of either side you eventually get would get this and nobody wants to live like this and it's like v said you know the government should be or the people should not be afraid of their government. The government should be afraid of their people, and uh, yeah, it's a good message, and it rings true today with uh, all the craziness going on. So I I liked it, and it's topical, and it's very good, and uh, we should all stop being mean to one another. And uh, you know, day to day life is actually pretty good for most people. So so what do you give the movie? A nine out of ten? I'll go a nine as well, yeah. That's okay. a, it's, a, it's a fine score. The only things is just minor nitpicking, like Gordon just being an idiot and not realizing that, or maybe V, not V, uh, Evie could have uh, been a little more upset that he killed the news guy. That yeah. way it wasn't such a weird surprise, but eh, these are minor things, so nine out of ten. Yeah. So... With all that said, folks, join us next week when we re- we review X-Men The Last Stand, 
And you can watch that on Disney+. Plus. Me, personally, I will be watching a Blu-ray. Uh, I look forward to it. We may have a guest on the line. Not going to promote anyone. But, you know, we may have someone coming in. Eddie's get, for what it's worth. And um, do we have anything else to say, Ed? Uh, it's on Disney+. Plus. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you mentioned that. I, I did. Oh, okay. So, yeah. X-Men 3, The Last Stand, which is uh, actually will not be the last X-Men movie. There'll be several more. Boy, uh, uh, I hope you enjoyed V for Vendetta because we are about to go on a real train ride of sorts, buddy. Should we just read off 06 and 07? Uh, I'll do it right now, it, yeah. It's, uh... Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, uh... Here is the rest of 06 and then 07 <laughs> after it. X-Men, The Last Stand. Superman Returns by Super X-Girlfriend. That's a bit off the beaten path. Zoom, yeah. also a little bit off even, the beaten path. I'm not even sure what Zoom is, so I can't comment. Tim Allen, Courtney Cox, Spencer Ugh, Brett. Tim Allen. Um, Ghost a... Rider, Nicolas Cage himself. All right, I'm looking forward to that. TMNT. That could be good. Spider-Man 3. All right. <laughs> and the logical closure point of 2007, Underdog. Oh, you forgot Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Sorry, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and then Underdog. And then after that, we get into the MCU, for real, this time. Hey, the Hulk is part of it, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. But hey, folks, that's going to be the show. Uh, if I could uh, leave us with a quote from, uh, be it V or Evie, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> remember, remember, the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason that the gunpowder treason should ever be forgotten. <laughs>